You're listening to Panthers on Tap. I'm Curtis Round, joined by Bryson Carbley. We're just two fans sharing our love for the game in Carolina Panthers football. So join us, crack open a cold one, some bubbly, a little wine, some scotch. We don't care, whatever makes you sleep better at night. Before we dive into the episode, a little self-promotion. Stop what you're doing. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap. Join the discussion on our Facebook group. We have over 2,500 members. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Just search Panthers on Tap. Well, Bryson, the dog days of Wofford College, Spartanburg, South Carolina are over with. The Carolina Panthers are heading back to Charlotte for Fan Fest tomorrow. How are you doing tonight? Good, man. We uh, we got to make it down this past Saturday. Early drive from where I live now. Um, we, we left around 4 a.m., hit the road, and got there about an hour before it started. And <clears throat> it was the, the scrimmage practice this past Saturday, so it was a good one to go to. Who impressed um, you? <clears throat> Baker Mayfield impressed me. <laughs> um, Christian McCaffrey, obviously. Uh, I, I, pu- I posted on Twitter a couple of my takeaways. Um, Christian McCaffrey definitely um, looking healthy and uh, back to his pre-injury form. Just hope we can that he can stay there. Um, Baker Mayfield, uh, to me, was the clear uh, leader in the clubhouse when it comes to the quarterback competition, which I don't think anybody's really – questioning besides this team it seems like um cj saunders had some good catches even though he's you know he recently got injured but uh he had a good camp that day and christensen brady christensen had a really good day saturday uh this past saturday and uh i know it's kind of changed a little bit uh the uh, I guess the the feelings in the clubhouse in regards to left tackle getting a con some more reps but at the time, Christensen looked like he was he was doing really well, and um, and I had posted that I thought that there might be a real competition there, but uh, it's kind of changed a little bit. Yeah, Brady, when I when I was there uh, a couple Saturdays ago, he looked he looked really good too. Um, it feels like he kept rolling from where he ended last season at that position, but I think we're going to slowly start to see the reality of. Iki Aquanu getting way more reps in preseason, and he's going to be the starter week one. Uh, you just you you read the tea leaves of some of these guys, all these some of these beat reporters, and um, that if you keep reading about it, Darren Gant keeps pushing it. Um, Scott Fitter has said it earlier on. He hasn't said it as of late, but when they had interviewed him um, in early July, he said, "Yeah, you know, we we drafted this guy to be our left tackle." Um, and then some of the stuff Darren Gantz put out, you know, the plan all along is when it comes down to it, Icky's going to be the starter. So I think it's just a matter of time. It's going to happen. I think before the season, I'll be interested to see though, if it's Brady week one at left guard or Michael Jordan, because you see a lot of that. And I know early on this week, the combos have been when Icky's in at left tackle, it's usually Brady aside of him, but uh, we're going to get into this here shortly with this uh, first unofficial depth chart, but they got they got uh, Michael Jordan slotted at left guard, and I know um, the Kevin Averys of the world love to uh, say that Michael Jordan had a pretty good pretty good tape last year when you actually are wa- you watched the um, the games um, and watched them back that he actually played pretty well. 
and held up his own there. So it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm curious to see how that pans out, but I really think at the end of the day, it's, it's going to be icky there. And you almost have to think it's Brady. I mean, if, if Matt rule says Brady Christensen's one of the best players, I think he said on the team. Yeah, he did. Um, I mean, that guy can't be a backup then. That's no. a problem. So. Yeah, you, yeah you, you find a spot for him on that offensive line, and I think that ultimately will be what happens. But one other note uh, that I wanted to mention when I was there Saturday was the day that Marquise Haynes got injured, and it didn't look good at, at practice. Um, he got carted off the field, but he's since returned, and I think he was in pads today actually or uh, maybe the uh, last practice. Um and it just kind of reiterated the fact that we've talked about before on here is how thin that position is. And um, with, if one of those players, Haynes or Yutorgos Matos, go down, man, are, are, are they looking thin uh, on, on the edge opposite of Brian Burns. And Brian Burns himself has not had a great history health-wise. So they definitely, um, in my opinion, should, even with uh, with Haynes being back and, and, and able to play, they should – address that in position. I don't know what mm-hmm. they're waiting for, but um, we've, we've listed some, a couple on Twitter, uh, a couple players possible. I think um, Joe person had mentioned uh, Jason Pierre Paul as an option, but it's just that that's probably the, the biggest area of concern for me at this point. Um, got, got to see a little bit more from the linebackers. I think um, I'm becoming more comfortable with that position uh, with uh, Luvu and um Damian Wilson, Brandon Smith, and obviously Shaq Thompson and Littleton. I think I think that's a solid core. It, mm-hmm. It's not it's not obviously the best thing or the best linebacking core in in the uh, league, but it, it's I think it can suffice. I think it's good enough. Um, the only thing that really scares me on this team at this point is the coaching decisions on starters and uh, defensive end group. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually. I'm. I'm kind of sided with you on the linebackers. I'm becoming more comfortable with that position too. My only concern is I'm. I don't like the unknown with this Damian Wilson stuff of his off the field because he had some incident earlier this year. I believe it was. I don't want to. I'm not going to say anything because I don't know exactly what it was. But he had some incident off the field. The NFL is kind of saying, yeah, we're kind of waiting for it to play out in uh, the criminal court. Um. But I'm worried, you know, NFL comes out right before the season said this guy suspended three or four games. I think that will hurt them if that happens. I Hopefully that kind of gets pushed back and we'll, we'll see what happens there. That would be my biggest concern there um, with that position. But, yeah, I think without a doubt, even if Haynes is, you know, coming back 100% in a week or two and he's full go again, it's, you know – that position, they need to add depth at least, at the very least. But they're banged up right now. I mean, they lost, they're they're down a couple tight ends. Um, you know, it's I was just listening to Matt Rule's press conference from today on the ride home, and it sounds like um, Ian Thomas is going to be out one to two weeks. I guess he's got some rib injury. Um, C.J. Saunders, you mentioned this. Unfortunately, he's going to be out at – Matt Rule said three weeks, probably. I mean, that's kind of getting close to the season. So, and he, I mean, he might even start the season. I I think he's going to make the team, um, whether it's um, if they put him like on an IR, if he is like seriously hurt and it it takes longer than that, and then stash him. I think they have spots where you can do that on the 
I don't know how exactly how that works, but I think there's a way to do it where they could stash them. Um, but oh, we'll see. But let's get into the depth chart a little bit here because they they had dropped that uh, yesterday. And we'll start with we're going to go with the offense right away. And let's start with QB. Um, no, I'm not really surprised. I want them to name Baker already. I think I've seen enough, but, you know, that's clearly they're not ready to do that. Um, so we have Baker and Sam. It's the either or at this point. Um, little surprise with Matt Corral at three. At four, um, you mean? All right, four. I'm sorry. Yeah, four. Technically four. Yeah. Um, and PJ's at the number two. Deb, maybe they've not seen enough from Matt or he hasn't gotten as much reps. I don't know. I don't, honestly don't know the reasoning behind it, but I mean, PJ is not making the roster like that. They, they traded away a pick to the new England Patriots. Like Matt Corral is on the team and they they've said three or four times, both Matt and Scott, that they're going to probably carry three quarterbacks in the season. Like PJ is not making this he's not making the roster. It's not happening. <laughs> so, um, so I don't understand that part. I don't know if that's just, I don't know. I don't get that part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That's probably the most confusing part for me there. Um, obviously I agree with you. Baker has done enough and mostly everybody's eyes to, to clear, clearly be named the starter, but they like to manufacture the competition and um, whether it's needed or not. Uh, they, they love to do it under the Matt rule tenure. So, um, but yeah, I think Corral is definitely your third string quarterback. Um, and people can argue probably second string better than Darnold. Um, but I think, you know, at this point, this, this was a rough draft really doesn't mean a whole lot. Uh, I mean, they got, I mean, just to, to name another position at center, they got P Pat Elfline with, and Brady Christensen. I don't really think Pat Elfline, even though he's had some Bradley Bozeman, Bradley Bozeman, you mean? Yeah, I'm sorry, Bradley Bozeman, uh, Pat Elfine and Bradley Bozeman um, with the ones. Um, uh, Pat Elfine has had some reps, but, you know, I think at the end of the day, uh, we saw what Pat, Pat Elfine was yesterday or uh, last season, and they brought they brought Bozeman in for a reason. So, mm -hmm. um, and, and Bozeman is a very, very, very good center. So, I think that that's another area that's just – they're kind of just like trolling, I think. It's like not even – <laughs> I, I will say this going back to the Sam stuff, because again, I want to give him a tiny bit of credit, not much, but a tiny bit of credit. He has done better than I thought he would during this competition, Sam Darnold, like seeing him at that Saturday and seeing some of the, uh, the videos. Um, I thought he has done better than what I expected out of him. Honestly, he has competed. He has forced Baker to do the things Baker has done. Like he he ain't he ain't letting this go lightly, which which is good to see. But you have to take it with a grain of salt when it's practice. Like Sam Darnold looked good and looked decent last year in training camp, and it did not translate to on the field on Sundays. So that's where you have to take it with a grain of salt, and that's why I'm always so hesitant when I see a Sam Darnold highlight in training camp. It's like, well, he did do that last year too. 
and yeah. it did, and it translated to fourteen inter- or thirteen or fourteen interceptions in the season. So, but I want to give him just a tie, just a tie, like a sliver. I mean, it's a sliver. It's not much. It's like a half a percent. But I want to give him a little bit of credit. Yeah, I mean, that. when I was there Saturday, uh, the first pass Donald threw was a was an out route touchdown. Um, where Baker actually got the start with the ones, and then Darnold came in. Uh, Baker threw an interception, I think, on the first drive, and uh, Darnold came out and uh, threw a touchdown on the very first pass. Mm-hmm. And I, I had tweeted, uh, "Not gonna lie, Darnold's balling today." And then <laughs> by the end of practice, I was like, "Sam Darnold no longer balling. Uh, he was just like even even without the threat of being tackled, he was struggling to." step up in the pocket and uh, mm-hmm. find the open receiver, just your regular Sam Darnold stuff and throw an interception to the newly signed USFL uh, corner. So uh, welcomed him to the team very nicely. Um, well, but yeah, that, that happened too. When I, when we were at the practice, uh, they back together, Sam came out. He did look better than Baker. D- Baker looked like a quarterback who had been with his wide receivers for like three days. Like he should. Yeah. Yeah, And so, you know, Sam was making quick decisions, throwing where he should have been. And then they got into the team drills and then they both didn't look, they did. They both looked like shit. They did. They didn't. None of them played well. Like Sam threw a pick to the Jeremy chin where he broke, he broke on DJ Moore, And then Baker had that like stupid pick to the lineman, like that shouldn't have been thrown. So like, that's kind of what I saw. I mean, I really wasn't impressed with either of them that day to be totally honest with you, but um I definitely think Sam has made it a competition, but I think how quickly Baker has picked up the offense from what we see as fans and the explosive plays he makes and the throws he can make in tight windows. Like I I don't see that out of Sam Darnold. I don't, you're going to get it every once in a while. We saw it last year in week one versus the jets to Robbie Anderson. We've talked about it a couple of weeks ago, but uh, I'm Baker's the guy, and I'm a, I'll lay out, I'll die on that sword for that one. I don't think I've I've seen anybody arguing Baker isn't the guy in Carolina, but the only person that seems to not want to make that clear is Matt Rule for some reason, and I think it goes back to the him wanting to manufacture that competition, and he thinks it's good for the team and so forth. So. um yeah, I, I mean, I don't know anybody on Twitter or in real life. That I've seen people hesitant to name Baker yet, and that's I'm saying beat reporters. Like, has it? Like, I think they know truly deep down by week one it's going to be Baker. But I've seen the hesitation of they don't. So I've seen that a little bit, but I think I think everyone real. I think deep down everyone does realize. Baker Mayfield is going to be the week one starter. There is and, just – And it's not even that deep down. It's, it's – There's uh, no way in hell. Like, yeah, it's it's pretty clear. Uh, I, I mean, just – it was like two days ago, uh, Baker went four for four in the red zone and just like throwing just dimes. I mean, he – he I mean, I've seen Brown's Twitter like talking about it, like, yeah, Baker looks like 2020 Baker uh, mm-hmm. from the video. Which we want. <laughs> yeah. So it's like these people know, I mean, they've watched Baker for what, four years. Um, mm-hmm. And they've seen four years of training camp and, and they see the videos that are coming out from Panthers camp. And they're saying, yeah, he looks good. He looks healthy. Like he's got a chip on his shoulder. And 
I think I think we're in for a good year. I really do. Oh yeah, I I, I definitely think there there is way more hope than there was last year. Well, why don't we talk about running backs? It's another one they kind of. They did this a lot in a lot of positions, but obviously Christian McCaffrey, number one. They slotted Deontay Foreman or Deonta. How the hell do you say his name? Is it Deonta? It's Donta. Donta? That's how yeah. they, it's Donta? Oh my goodness. It's Donta Foreman. I'm sorry. What the hell? And then Chuba Hubbard. They're kind of either or. They're kind of split at two. Spencer Brown on the team last year. He's slated as number four. And then Darius Bradwell and John Lovett, um, way back there, but no surprise here, really. Um, I think, I think this room is, is really good. If healthy, they're really good. Like Christian, obviously is elite, uh, Foreman is kin catch and he's a bruiser and Chuba's kind of, he can do a little bit of both. He just needs to hold on to the damn ball. He still has those issues. I saw that a couple. I had a highlight of that. Baker was supposed to have a touchdown when I was there. Chuba dropped it right off his hands. Did Baker lead him a little bit too much? Probably, but it hit his hands, catch the damn ball. So, <laughs> yeah, I, and, and that's another guy that played pretty well on uh, when I was there this past Saturday. And I'm not a big fan of Chuba Hubbard. If you know, if you know me, you know that. And he he was playing very well. Um, catching I feel everything. like he's gotten his feet under himself. Like last, yeah. like he would like stumble. Like he'd have a really good run and then like just stumble like his last year. Yeah, he's definitely looked better um, so far in camp. But obviously, like we've talked about with Darnold, it, it, it we have to see it in game and and with the threat of being tackled and not your towel ripped off like flag football. So um, so far he has looked good. But I, you know, if if I'm Carolina, Dante Foreman is, is my two and Chuba is the spell for the spell um, in, in Foreman. I think that McCaffrey and Foreman are going to be a pretty formidable uh, kind of not a, not a 50, 50 split. I'm sure Christian's going to see the field more than Donta and Chuba combined. But um, I mean, if they're smart, they will work both of those guys in and, and Foreman specifically in and short yard situations, goal line situations um, just to, to punch it in. Cause I mean, my God, in that playoff game with the Titans last year, I think Foreman ran for like 170 yards. It was, it was Derrick Henry esque. I mean, they looked kind of like they're both in that Titan blue. Both kind of built the same. Both have had the dreads, and it was like, it, is that Derrick Henry or Dante Foreman? And yeah, and, it was impressive. Yeah, tight end. We talked about it a little bit here. Tommy Tremble, Ian Thomas, Stephen Sullivan, who was it sounded like was doing pretty good at camp. He's been out. Looks like he had a death in the family. Colin Thompson, Giovanni Ritchie, Jared Scott, and then um, Babix, Babicus. I don't know how to say it. Um, yeah, no clue. But he's the guy who got injured today as well. So Ian Thomas is injured. The guy I just mentioned is out. So they're a little thin right now with those tight ends. But what do you think of this group? I feel like we will finally get a true test of what this group is made of this year with um, Ben McAdoo because he likes his tight ends. I mean, they looking back at his offensive teams when he was coordinator, I think his tight ends averaged between six to 800 yards at least a year. What did mm-hmm. he and Thomas have last year? 200. Yeah. <laughs> and before that, I think it was a hundred or something like it was low. 
<laughs> yeah, he, he he just never really gets targeted a lot in the other offenses that have been run here. But I'm a huge fan of Tommy Trimble. Um, I think I've said it multiple times on this podcast. Tommy Trimble is is going to be a star in this league. I really believe that. Um, he just reminds me he plays like Kittle, um, George Kittle in, in San Francisco. And I think that, you know, obviously this being his second year, he's got a little bit more time with with his teammates, um, obviously different playing book, playbook, but uh, just more time in, in the league playing an NFL competition. I think Trimble is going to be a, a really good tight end in this league for a long time. And Ian Thomas, uh, I think, is, is, is a good tight end too. I don't think he's uh, bottom of the barrel. Um, I think he's about a league average tight end. I think Trimble, Trimble can be better than that. Um, and then after that, you know, really question marks, uh, Sullivan, Colin Thompson. I don't think either of those are really, you know, uh, great tight ends, uh, maybe probably below average backups. Um, but, uh, with Trimble and Thomas, I, I would feel comfortable with those two being my, my, my main two tight ends. I'm looking just at, let me see here. So I'm just looking from last year's roster because I'm curious how many tight ends they carried last year. They carried five. Dan Arnold, Ian Thomas, Tommy Tremble, Colin Thompson, and Giovanni Ritchie. I honestly think they carry the four that are still here. And you probably would slate Ritchie as the fullback. That's what they did last year. Yeah. So I'm wondering if Steven Sullivan, are they going to say five? Are they going to roll? They might. I honestly think they could do all five of those guys. Tremble, Thomas, Sullivan, Thompson, and Richie. That would cut Scott and the guy um, that got injured today. I think if I run in their shoes, um, I think I would lean more towards keeping more in the wide receiver room with how deep that group is, which we're, I'm sure we'll get into into a minute. But, uh, yeah, I, I would lean to to transition that spot from Sullivan on the roster to one of the extra wide receivers in that group. Yeah, it'll – well, I mean, if Ian Thomas is down, that might sway that decision a little bit. We'll see. Because um, that would – you'd lose the blocking tight end there, which would probably put – it would put Thompson – in that spot because Thompson's more of a blocking tight end. Um, so that, that would change some things, but just something to look at. And we'll, we'll get more into this as we get deeper into the preseason of who we think is going to be cut. But I honestly could see them carrying five like they did last year, which that brings us to the wide receiver. Let's talk about that because that is where things get really interesting because this group is deep. There's a lot of guys that I feel like if they don't make the team are not going to make the practice squad because they're going to get picked up by someone else. So we have DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, obviously, Rashard Higgins, it looks like. If I'm reading this depth chart right, is the three. Yep. yep. Terrace Marshall, the four. Zilstra, the five. And then Shai Smith. Shy Smith with the six. Who am I missing here? I'm missing someone. CJ Saunders. Where's Saunders? Is Saunders? They have Saunders at eight over Keith Kirkwood over him. I don't think that's right. 
Yeah, I mean, this. Is... I might be reading that wrong, but anyway, that's how I'm seeing it. But anyway, so there's those are the eight. And last yeah. year, I'm actually looking at what they had. They carried six wideouts on the roster last year, which I think they're going to do this year. Yeah. Again. And I honestly think it's going to roll um, as Saunders is going to be the odd guy out. Yeah. Especially, injury. yeah, with him being injured, it's going to be hard for him to uh, kind of beat off that recency bias. I'm sure if, you know, Shy's making plays. If uh, Keith Kirkwood's making plays, if whoever's making plays in camp and C.J. Saunders is watching from the sideline, which he is a small guy, very small guy. So I'm sure injury is part of the equation in, in keeping uh, – having a roster spot for him on the on the team is, is can he stay healthy? So is he worth that spot? And does he has he made enough plays so far in camp to kind of – stay on the mind of, of the coaches. Uh, so it, that's going to be a big question. Well, yeah. And the, the thing with Smith is, is he has done well this camp. He's also garnered a six, what was he? A six round pick, right? Six round pick. So they invested him in a little bit. And I mean, that doesn't say much because clearly they got rid of Thomas Fletcher, like a drop of a hat and he was a six rounder. So, but I don't, I, I cannot see him, them cutting him. I, I know I, I thought I thought Sa- I said last week I thought Saunders was a lock. I really did. I thought I thought he's played well and but that injury, I think I think they're gonna try to find a way to stash him somehow on the roster where he's locked in through his injury. We'll see. But the way it sounds like your boy Zilstra, they like him at five. And he and he said I mean he's so good on special teams. I don't think you can it's hard to get rid of a guy like that. Yeah, and he's just so consistent in, in what they've asked him to do. He's just – I mean, yeah, he's had some drops in, in camp here and there, but, like, game-wise, it's just whatever they ask him to do, he just gets done. And I think that if he can have a quarterback like Baker who can get the ball to him more, um, like we saw it in the first game last last year with uh, Darnold when he threw the touchdown to Silstra. I mean, I think that he has all the talent and he can do – he, he can be a, you know, a, a vital piece in an offense. So uh, I think that they're – I can see them giving him a chance to kind of get his feet wet in this offense and, and definitely keep him on the roster. Yeah, and I guess you could – I guess you could say if we're going the route of the six receivers, it would actually be seven – if you're considering Andre Roberts, he's going to make the team. They'll probably consider him, though, in the specialist unit. So technically, they'll consider him under that. So they won't, it won't bank as like, it won't on the roster be a wideout. But in reality, it's seven wideouts if that's the route they go, which I think they will. Six technically with Andre Roberts as the, as the return specialist. All right, so well, we got to talk a little bit about Higgins too. That guy has, I, I mean that that connection between him and Baker is undeniable. Like they they got something going on. I wonder, like back then, if they knew, like down the road, like they were hoping they were going to get Baker in the end, or this was just like this guy's a pretty good wideout. Let's bring him in. Let's add some depth, and then it just happened that you know Baker's available now. Like that's very interesting to me. Yeah, that's I, I, I what I was going to mention was like, man, did they just kind of foresee this? But, 
Yeah, I mean, that connection is real. When I was there at camp, he threw a 50-yard touchdown to Higgins. Uh, it was the one where he stuck the ball out and got in trouble. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't even that play. It was, it was. There were just multiple instances where Baker finds Higgins, and Higgins hasn't I, – I haven't seen him drop a ball. I really haven't. Higgins is good. He is a good wide receiver. Um, he gets open. He's fast. He can catch. Got good hands. So, uh, I mean, this is the deepest group on this team. I, I really believe that. Top to bottom, they have talent at every position, um, number-wise, one through six to seven. So, uh, like I mentioned before with the tight end, I would take that spot away from the tight end and and keep another receiver. So maybe you can keep Saunders on the active roster because I agree with you. I think that if he's cut, uh, he's not going to clear waivers and, and make it to the practice squad. I think that he's shown enough in camp to at least make somebody's roster. and uh, and. Teams do. I mean, they, they have people specifically employed to monitor other people's camp, to, to find people that get cut um, and, and add to other teams' needs. So I think that if Saunders is, is cut, it might be tough to, to keep him around in Carolina. So um, I would rather take a chance with, with a tight end like Sullivan than with um, Saunders at wide receiver. So I think that uh, back to Higgins, definitely a, a great addition. Um, and, and that is a good question. I, I do wonder if, if they kind of had that thought in the back of their head, uh, we're, we're going to get Baker. So let's go ahead and bring Higgins in, or he's just a good receiver. Let's bring him in. Yeah. He's, he's impressed so far. We didn't really mention this, but Marshall, he's dealing with an injury right now, which I don't, I'm not, I don't like that. That's he's had an, he's had injury issues dating back to high school with his leg. I actually, I tried to track down his high school coach. Um, once they drafted him, I was going to try to get him on here and I wanted to talk to him about that because he's had injury issues like his entire football career. And that was always the big knock. And I, a reason why he slipped to the Panthers in the second round, because he has all the talent in the world, but he, he cannot stay on the field. So hopefully, I mean, hopefully it's just something minor and he's back out there soon, but that's something to monitor because that's, I mean, that's not good. I mean, the yeah. second round picks got to be producing pretty well into your second year. So that'll be something to watch as we move forward. We got to end it on the O-line for offense. This is pretty big, but it's also exciting because they finally have fucking depth on this offensive line. <laughs> if you can go in, I am come. I am fine with Pat Elfline being the backup center. Like I'm cool with that. That's cool. Yeah. I'm I'm fine with Cam Irving being a backup swing tackle. I'm that's fine. <laughs> I don't get that. Like that guy was the starter at the blind side last year. Yeah. So offensive line right now, the depth chart. Just going through the starters real quick. Brady at, uh, Brady at left tackle. Michael Jordan left guard. Elfline and Bozeman. At center, Corbett, the sure starter at right guard, and then Taylor Moten at right tackle. You have Icky as the number two left tackle. Dennis Daly behind Jordan. Tecklenburg, backup center. Horton and then Cam Irving on the right side. And then in the way back, which is surprising, and this guy, we shall see how many they carry. But Deontay Brown, he could be a cut. And I know f- people really like him. They carry nine last year offensive linemen. So 
he would be the ninth if you're looking at that, right? But they also drafted Cade Mays this year. So, and he's back there. So that is, that'll be something to watch. Man. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, yeah. I, I've totally forgot about Cade Mays until you mentioned him. I have not heard much from him on that camp, but I mean, you don't really do with offensive linemen. So, um, yeah, I think at the end of the day, you're, you're going to be looking at Equanu at left tackle, hopefully Christensen at guard. Uh, I just would be way more comfortable than Michael Jordan at guard. Um, then obviously Bozeman at center, Corbett at right guard and Moten at right tackle. I think today uh, Matt Rule said that the MVP of camp has been Taylor Moten. Um, and he's just kind of stepped into a new leadership role and kind of holding everybody accountable. Uh, I feel so good about this offensive line. Um, I mean, it's not going to be the best in the league by any means, but it's going to be the best line Carolina's had in a long time. I, if they can stay healthy, I truly believe that. And um, I, I, I feel like you can say that about a lot of positions on this team coming into this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I counted that wrong. Deontay Brown, looking at this roster, he's actually like the 12th or 11th. Like, so there is going to be some cuts. Like, it almost might be between him and Mays to make the roster, like seriously, in the end. Because, I mean, unless they do some surprise thing and cut, but I think Cam Irving's under contract, isn't he? He's under contract, so I don't – I mean, unless they just throw some curveball and go with a younger guy. Like, I don't see – I don't know. I don't see that happening. But Dennis Daly, though, is a possibility. Yeah, I was, I was going to say cut. Daly. So Daly maybe it's him. <laughs> So I don't know. I haven't heard about I haven't heard a lot about Deontay Brown. And I know a lot of fans are high on him. You know, this big, massive boulder guy. I mean, he's a huge dude, but I know he's always had the weight issues of getting slimmed down or to what they want. So I don't know. That's one guy who's been kind of kept quiet. But definitely upgrade across the board again for offensive line. And I remember last year our ending pod episode for the podcast in January besides pissing and moaning about Matt Rule, was how bad the offensive line was. So that is something that they have finally, finally addressed this offseason and something is we can look forward to this year, can look forward to seeing an icky pancake, can look forward to see Bradley Bozeman holding down the anchor at center because I honestly think he is going, like you said, they did not bring him in to be the backup. He is going to probably be the starter week one. I'll be shocked if that doesn't happen. Well, let's go to the defense because I think we spent enough time on that offense. Again, D-line, defensive end, it is a little thin. Brian Burns, Derek Brown, Matt Ioannidis, and Yitor Grossmatos rounds out the D-line for the starters. It looks like they got Marquise Haynes right behind Burns, which that uh, YGM and Haynes is just going to be – I mean, they'll just be rotating for the most part. Davion Nixon, Bravion Roy, Daryl Johnson, and then behind them, I mean, can't forget about it. I mean, if this guy – can bring it together. He might be a good rotational piece too. Our Mar, uh, Mari Barno. I mean, that guy is quick. 
like fast as hell. Yeah. Um, so that that could be a really good rotation guy. Phil Hoskins, Frank Heron, and Austin Larkin. So again, I feel like we both have said this. I think they definitely need to add an edge guy. I think JPP makes a lot of sense. Like McAdoo has worked with him. Um, so he's got familiarity there. He, I think he was a coordinator when while he was there and he was the coach, he was the head coach. I don't know what the relationship was, but I mean, at least to bring in some sort of veteran um, and who, who can add a couple sacks on, yeah. I think, because they, at some point they're not going to be able to blitz every fucking play. It's not going to happen. No. <laughs> so and, they, and, they need that. And they could use another uh, three technique nose tackle. I mean, they don't really, the only one that I can think of is Bravion Roy. I mean, maybe Derek Brown, but he's kind of more of like a tweener. But um, Bravion Roy is the only really three-technique nose tackle on, on the roster. Um, so maybe adding another big boy like that uh, uh, Sheldon, um, the guy they brought in for a visit shortly after. Danny uh, Sheldon, he's gone. Yeah. Oh, he signed with someone? Yes, who he signed with? Uh, Kansas City. They got them both. Damn. <laughs> wow. They got them both. Yeah, I saw that the other day on Twitter. I think it was yesterday. Like, you got to be shitting me. They took them both. Well, <laughs> they had to pay him more. I think that's what it came down. I really do. I, well, and I mean, I mean, if you're going to, if you had a choice between Kansas yeah. City, a team who's established and, you know, consecutively been in the AFC championship for the last several years, you're going to yeah. take them over Carolina. I get that. But, yeah, I know. I saw that too. I, 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 I'm wondering if they're waiting for some of these cuts to happen of why they're not like they're waiting for some of these other guys to drop. Cause there is going to be a couple of guys that get cut that are probably all right or decent. Yeah. So I'll be curious to see if that, if that's why they're waiting. I don't know. I don't know if anybody getting cuts better than Jason Pierre Paul or Everson Griffin or taking a chance on D Ford. I know he's had his injuries. I think he's played only in like 11 games in three years, but if he's healthy, I mean, he's a good rotational piece um, to have on your defensive line. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, maybe they really are just comfortable with who they have. And um, I mean, they're hoping Nitor takes that, ne- that jump that he needs to take as a second round pick a couple years ago. And um, Marquise Haynes and, you know, Mari Barno, he Barno needs to add some weight. That's the biggest thing for him. He's he does not look like a defensive end at all. He's just a speed rusher. I mean, that's yeah. really all he is right now. Yeah, and even I mean, he, he could probably push down with a with a left arm from a left tackle. Like he's so light. Um, JPP just makes too much sense. To, it does. Like the familiarity is like that's huge. And yeah. then you look the last the last four years started game started 16 8 16 12 like the guy has consistently played last year dropped off and i don't i didn't follow him a lot last year so i don't know if there was injuries involved at all he had two and a half sacks but then the last the three years prior nine and a half eight and a half twelve and a half like the guy produces he's still got he's still got some left in the tank yeah i don't know if he's just waiting and he doesn't want to go to a team that's you know where Carolina's at and wants to go to contender, but pick up the damn phone. Like, 
that's the guy I think makes the most sense for them. And I, I do think they're going to add someone. Scott Fitter wouldn't talk so damn much about it. If, I mean, he would just say, you know, we're comfortable with the guys. Like they're yeah. going to add someone here soon. That's fair. So that's the D line. Linebackers, Shaq Thompson, Damian Wilson in the middle with Frankie Louvu. I love, man, I love Frankie Louvu. I, I really need to get his jersey. I want a Baker jersey. I'm waiting on one, but I'd like really like Frankie Louvu. And then you got Corey Littleton, Kamal Martin, and then Brandon Smith, the fourth round pick. Is that right? Yep. Yep. Fourth round pick from Penn State. And then Julian Stanford. Uh, and then some Aaron Mosby, some of these other guys you're not going to hear about. So <laughs> I can mention them. But no, I think Damian Wilson, he's from, from what it sounds like has played pretty well um, in the middle. And then if you got a guy like Corey Littleton coming in on a rotation, probably with uh, Frankie or whoever, you know, I, I think, I mean, it sounds like a decent group. And then Brandon Smith, you know, if he can come to his own and he doesn't have to be forced into play like some of these other defensive guys had to do when they were rookies um, in the last two seasons and kind of sit back and watch the defense, get comfortable with it, and then be slid in. Like, I, this is a decent group. I feel like they've gotten a little bit more – we've been a little bit more harsher on them than what it really says on, you know, what they've been doing in training camp. Yeah, and I think that – you know, if Shaq Thompson were to go down, then you you look at this group a little differently. You're, if yeah, that's Littleton's a valid your, point. If Littleton's your, your best linebacker or Lulu's your best linebacker, you're going to say, yes, probably one of the worst groups in the league. But with Shaq Thompson, healthy, I think that this is a, a, a very decent group. Um, league average is what, is what I would say group-wise. Um, with Shaq Thompson being better than average, obviously, and then um, as you go down, um, talent goes down. But I think Lulu's in for a – really uh, kind of putting him on the map in the league season. Uh, obviously, he's Panthers fans know him, but I think that the rest of the league is going to know his name after this season. Uh, I think Matt Rule made the comment that Frankie Louvu is the way that they want to play defense, and uh, he, he literally shows it on every single play. I mean, this guy's everywhere. He was just making interceptions on Baker and, and on Darnold. Uh, he's, he's the guy that we always see making strip – sacks and fumbles and sacking and just doing everything. And I think that another year with more notoriety on the team, signing that contract coming back and just kind of earning more playing time, he is going to, to, to make his name known around the league. Yeah. We can't forget uh, this guy was undrafted. Yeah. Played with New York, Matt rule and Scott fitter saw something in him, picked him up in free agency last year. And, Dominant on special teams, had that nice punt block that they scored a touchdown on last year, mm-hmm. had a couple picks all over the field flying around. And then this year, he's finally getting like a true opportunity to be the starter. And I definitely think he's going to shine and play very well for this team. And that's it's exciting you to get guys on. And he's also I mean. The guy's fighting. I mean, he's fighting harder than anyone. The guy wasn't drafted. He's trying to prove himself. Yeah. He reminds me a lot, but he's better. He reminds me a lot of F.A. Obata. Like, just – he always found a way on the team. 
and I always found a way to make some, you know, some plays here and there. But I mean, he is, I think he's 10 times better than what FA was at his position, but like he, that's, that's the kind of player he just reminds me of just like, just, just, he just, he had a hard, you know, he got a hard shake in life and just kept proving himself. So yeah, I really like him. Cornerbacks. They're banged up right now. We were talking about this group being deep. They're banged up. Dante Jackson, J.C. Horn, one and two. C.J. Henderson, Keith Taylor behind them. And then you got Chris Westry and Kalen Barnes. And then behind them, Madre Harper, Stanley Thomas Oliver. Um, and that's that's a count of eight. And then you got the guys they picked up with those injuries. Tay Hayes, he's the one who had the pick, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Duke Dawson, I think, also had an interception at training camp. Yep. Um, but yeah, so that group, when healthy, is deep. Right now, they're banged up. Um, it sounds like Key Taylor is another week or two yet for him. Yeah, I think, I think it so. is. JC Horn sounds like he's coming along a little bit more. He practiced a little bit today, even if it, or even though it was with the threes and fours. Looks like he got some red zone work. It sounded like though Matt Matt Rule's not really they're not concerned at all about the foot. They're just trying to bring him along a little bit more slowly because of his inactivity, and they don't want any soft tissue issues popping up. That's what he said today. So it looks like JC. Hopefully he. I don't know if he's going to see preseason. We'll see. He might. I hope Maybe not. towards the end. I think that I don't either. I kind of hope they kind of hold him off. Maybe get a little work in one of them, but yeah, that's that's it's that's getting a little iffy. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if they put them out there at all. But I like this group, man. Yeah, they, the top four, when healthy, are they're they're pretty damn good. Yeah, it's it's hard to find a deeper group in in the NFL when healthy. I mean, uh, with just like to mention C.J. Henderson, you know, who's who's kind of been all over. Uh, like as the face of, of the group um, in camp as uh, somebody who's, who's come in, he's looked physically healthier and mentally healthier, smiling, uh, playing really good football in camp, uh, locking people down. Steve Smith mentioned him as, as a player that he stood out to him. And then um, Matt rule mentioned that CJ Henderson has been one of the best players in camp as well. So I think having him as potentially your third corner uh, behind Dante and JC is, is just crazy. Um, and then Keith Taylor when healthy is, was a surprise last year uh, to a lot of people. And as a fourth corner is, is good. And then I like Chris Westry a lot. I liked him with the Ravens. Um, and when they brought him in, I thought that was a, a good pickup. So I think that those five right there are a very deep group. And if healthy, if they can stay healthy, are going to be one of the best groups top to bottom in, in the league. I really believe that. You got to look at it too, just going off of the last three years. Dante Jackson, has that guy played a full season yet? I don't think he has. Like, he no. is, based off his history, he is going to be out one or two games, mm-hmm. probably at the very least. And then you have a JC coming off of a major injury. Keith Taylor is going to be playing at some point, no matter what. And even with the rotation, he's going to be playing, but he's going to be playing a pretty good amount too. But he like he was decent last year. He held his own in some games. And he had a lot to go. I mean, th- he was thrown into the fire 
because Dante went down after JC was out for the year. So he got thrown into the mix a lot. And CJ Anderson clearly, uh, I feel like, has a, had, had a really good camp. And with th- him as the combination of three and then Keith Taylor at four, if one of those go- guys goes down, I am comfortable with those, you know, some of those guys filling in. I just, the group is so freaking deep at those four spots when healthy. And, and a player we haven't mentioned, Miles Hartsfield, who's played, who played a lot of nickel last year, uh, is, is another guy you can add to that group, kind of like the. Yeah, and I didn't, we didn't. He's, they slated him in with the safeties, but yeah, he's another nickel corner that they're, that was going to make the roster. I would put him at five. Uh, in the cornerback room, and then it's kind of a toss-up who is going to be on, in in the sixth spot, I would think. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a valid point. I I think without a doubt, Matt Rule loves him anyway. Like that guy, he's not going anywhere. Yes, <laughs> it's. Um, but you know, what I wanted to mention to you, and I'm curious to see how they're going to do this in the season. I know they've talked about this at Dante and C.J. Henderson with J.C. Horn. J.C. Horn will be the nickel in those situations with all three of them on the field. I'm curious when they're who is going to be covering the number one wideout. Is it just going to be based off of where they are lined up, or is someone going to follow the best? Because they did that last year with Stefan. They put Stefan typically on like the best. They had him at Kyle Pitts with Atlanta. Um, they put him on kind of shadowed. Um, one of the bat, like the one, the opposing team's best receiver. I think, I wonder if they're going to do that with JC or they're just going to, they trust all three of those guys that who's ever lining up wherever is going to be covered. Yeah. And they just paid Dante a lot of money. So I would suspect Dante would probably be the, the guy in that Gilmore role. Um, I don't know how well he's going to serve in that role, but I think for the time being, that's, that's your, your number one corner who you're going to put on the best receiver on the other team, but I don't think Dante's the best corner on this team. I think JC is, and I think CJ might be better than Dante as well. So uh, we'll see. I think, you know, as the further we get into the season, I think things may change a little bit, but as for right now, I see Dante as that guy that's going to follow the number one. Mm-hmm. And he's done that the last couple of years when Bill Moore wasn't there too. So I could see yeah. that. I really would like, it to be JC. I think JC is locked down. You're not catching the damn ball. You're not throwing his way type of cornerback. So that's something to look forward to and watch as fans to see how that plays out. Going to the safeties, Jeremy Chin. I don't think this Panthers team has had a better safety group in a long time. Jeremy Chin, Xavier Woods, pretty damn good. Um, and then you got Sean Chandler behind him, Justin Burris, Kenny Robinson, Miles Hartfield, Sam Franklin. And it's really sad to think about. Half those guys I just named were starting last year in the yeah. secondary, like yeah. multiple games. Because <laughs> I remember talking about Sean Chandler, Sam Franklin. Uh, Kenny Robinson came in for a couple times, too, not as much. Justin Burris obviously was the starter last year, too. So, like. That's also a deep group. Like, it's good to see the guys that are now playing as second and third teamers were guys that started like half the season last year. So they're they like they're ready to roll if someone. It's like plug and play with those guys, which yeah. is really good. 
So yeah, I think that's probably the 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 theme throughout the whole roster. Um, so I think going into this year is that there's actually depth. Like it, it we can handle an injury or two somewhere for our, for a little bit. Um, in most areas, not defensive end, not defensive line, really, um, as a whole. But I think for, for the rest of the team, there there's just more depth everywhere, um, and that's I think that's something that they really put a focus on this offseason. Scott Fitter did, and and really accomplished it. So, uh, like I've said a hundred times already, I'm excited, and I think that we are in for a good year. Amen. Yeah, we got to talk about the specialist. Andre Roberts is the kick returner, punt returner. It's not going to change. Shai Smith's behind him, and they got C.J. Saunders slated at three for both of those. J.J. Jansen, pat on the back to him. Guy beats out Thomas Fletcher. Dude, you coming? That guy, you all know him. Um, probably one of my favorite favorite videos from the uh, – the draft or inside the draft, whatever line, draft confidential. Yeah. Johnny Hecker, all star, the GOAT, punter, and can't forget he's the holder on field goals. Yeah. <laughs> and he's also pretty damn good about a, and he's pretty damn good with a fake punt. Yeah. So he is. That's going to come out at some point. Matt Rule has done it before. He did it with Charlton. Matt Rule likes to fake punt a lot and, yeah. and he likes to use the punters to throw the damn ball. So that is something you're gonna watch. I know they practice it. Did they practice it uh, on the scrimmage day? They have practiced it a couple of times at training camp already, but I don't know if you saw anything. Mm-hmm. So, and then we can't forget about Saint Gonzalez. I mean, yeah. dude did, he did miss a kick a, when I was there. Yeah, he did have a couple. I've heard he's had a couple misses. He's also hit a 50 some yarder. I saw. I saw this week. So I'm not worried about him. Insane, we trust. For the time being, you know, kickers sometimes I can get into a rut, but <laughs> but I like them. So, well, we got we got to do training camp MVP. Matt Rule said Taylor Moten when we did this a couple of weeks ago, two weeks ago, I think by now. I said Baker Mayfield off the cuff. Said maybe Terrace Marshall. I do you remember who you said? I don't. Yeah, I said J.C. Horn. Okay. So now that we've seen training camp, we've been through it. Who's your MVP? I think mine, uh, j- just something not so obvious, would probably be Rashard Higgins. I think that Higgins has really sh- shown that he he's locked up that number three receiver position, in my opinion. Um, clearly the number three receiver on the team and has the ability to be the number two receiver on the team with the connection that he has with Darnold. So I think that Higgins – really showed a lot this camp that it was a good signing. Um, even if Baker wasn't here, I'm sure he, he would still be flashing in camp. So I, I'm going to go with Higgins. I'm going to go with the more obvious one. I'm a little shocked Matt Rule didn't say it today, and that's C.J. Anderson. Played very well. Way more improved from last year, not only on the field, but in the locker room. Seems way more lively, smiling more talking more seems like he's way more comfortable here than with dipshit urban Meyer in Jacksonville played well against one lot has locked down number one, number two, DJ Moore and Robbie several times has had past breakups quietly has made is making Scott Fitter look like a genius with this trade. 
if the, if he pans out and becomes what he was drafted at in the top 10 of the first round a couple years ago, Carolina got a steal for this trade, an absolute steal. So I I think he is a bright spot and something to look forward to. And I know there was a lot of gripe from people. I don't know if I was one of them. I'm trying to remember where we were at. I know I was excited because he was a first-round pick, but I know I was also disappointed because I thought that was Sam Darnold's safety blanket. But this this trade so far through camp, he has shown out. So that's exciting. This and that's made this cornerback room even that more deeper. So I think that's where we're going to leave it. I'm excited for this weekend. Carolina is uh, going up north about five hours to D.C playing the Washington now awfully named commanders. One of the dumbest names in sports Yep. besides the Cleveland guardians for baseball. <laughs> um, but yeah, it should be interesting going against Ron Rivera. I, I don't know if they're making this a yearly thing. Now they played them last year and now they're going to town. I don't know if Carson Wentz is playing. I don't think he probably, I don't think he will, but maybe I haven't looked at all because I really don't care about, the commanders at all, um, but they do got some pieces on their team. They got, they, they got that rookie wide receiver Dotson. Is that right? Johan yeah. Dotson. Johan. Uh, Johan. See, you're a better pronouncer. That's why you're here. Uh, Curtis Samuel can't stay healthy. I don't think he'll be playing. That no. guy, I mean, that was another one. That guy's good. If he's on the field. Yeah. <laughs> and I believe what's their guy on their defensive line, one of their best players. Chase Young. Chase Young. He He's coming off an injury too, isn't he? So I don't know if he's going to be. Yeah, I believe so. Um, I mean, look, let's be real. Ron Rivera has a history of playing quarterbacks when they shouldn't play in the preseason, and that's kind of been uh, what hurt Cam a little bit throughout his career. So, valid, valid. Uh, we might see some Carson Wentz, um, definitely some Taylor Heineke. I'm looking forward to seeing some Matt Corral. And I think that uh, – I think – correct me if I'm wrong, Curtis, but I think Matt Rule said today that both of the quarterbacks are going to play week one. Yeah, I, did, I wanted to mention that. He did say that today. He said he's not going to get into specifics, but both – his exact wording was both quarterbacks will get a chance to play. So, you, we, it might be one series. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be much, and I don't think it needs to be much with – I mean, I get it with the competition, unofficial, the quotation competition. Mm -hmm. um, but I think a series, if that – maybe a second one, if the one is – you know, it goes – it stalls after like three plays, maybe roll them out again. But I don't I don't think you're going to see them pass the first quarter. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I, think I hope – I really, really hope – I'm going to be really pissed off if Matt Corral doesn't play more than PJ Walker, like that, that yeah. should not fucking happen. PJ yeah. Walker will not be on this team unless they're trying to trade him, which I don't know why you're, I mean, it's not going to happen. Like he'll, he'll probably get signed or picked up by another team for like a practice squad or something, but he's not making the team. Like it's done. Like they've three quarterbacks. They traded away a third round pick new England. Matt Corral is on the team. Let's see what this guy's got in preseason because we're probably not going to see him in regular season unless someone goes down. So give him as much playing time as possible. We, people, they need to also see what they have in the future of him too at some point. So yeah, 
play that motherfucker as much as you can. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Oh. Uh, I'm just trying to look at here this depth chart of Washington. I don't know why I want to even do this. Sam Howell, we're good to see the UNC guy. He'll be playing, oh, yeah. so that'll be yeah. that'll be kind of cool to see him. That was a guy that some fans would have liked to see on this team as well. They got you know Andrew Norwell, former Panther. Man, this is this looks like a Panthers other Trey Turner. They 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 picked him up. <laughs> I did not know that. Sam Cosme, I believe that guy was on the Panthers at some point. That sounds like another familiar name. So, yeah, they got several, several Panthers on this team. Not to mention the coaches with uh, obviously Ron Rivera, but like a lot of assistant coaches and Alex Erickson. Uh, yeah, that was a returner. Yeah, Erickson, yeah. Yep. I mean, is this is this half of the Carolinas uh third string team of last year? <laughs> Reggie Bonifin? I mean, seriously. Wow. All right. <laughs> so yeah, they this, the pipeline is real there. Montez Sweat, that's going to be, I mean, that they got a good D-line. So if they do play some of those guys, you know, Icky's going to get some reps against some pretty good D-linemen. Yeah. Um, Chase Young, I don't know. Again, I don't know how much of these guys are going to play, but maybe a series. Jonathan Allen, is that that's a rookie they drafted, isn't it? Uh, he's not a rookie this year. I think he was a rookie two years ago. Oh, okay. Who's the, I thought they drafted some – who am I thinking of? They drafted a defensive guy, didn't they, in the first round? I can't remember. Commander's first round draft pick. I don't know why I'm wasting my time with this, but I'm just curious. Um, I could be way wrong. Probably am. And, oh, no, they did go with the wideout. They took the Penn State guy. Okay. I thought they uh, drafted... Maybe I'm thinking of this Mathis guy, this defensive tackle. So, so Dotson was the first round pick. Yeah, they got him 16th. Okay. So, the corners will get some get some work in. Yeah, I mean that's a good receiver core with McLaurin, Samuel, and Dotson. But I'm I'm sure McLaurin and Samuel will see much playing time. But I'm sure Dotson. But Washington, they got they have a good D line. So that is I'm gonna that'll be nice to see against this this offensive line. I don't know how much those guys are gonna play. I mean mm-hmm. Brady will probably play a lot. I would think you're gonna see Bozeman. I don't know as much as Brady, but you're gonna see Bozeman in there and you're gonna see Icky, obviously, he's going to get yeah. a ton of playing time. So that's going to be enough. And they have FAO about it too. Let's add another Panther to the list. But yeah, oh, I can't. I just got to keep going. David Mayo, former oh my Panther. Cornelder, former Panther. So yeah, this team is filled with them. So a little reunion for some of these guys that actually played with Matt Rule too. So. It'll be a good one. One o'clock game. I'm excited. I will be watching every single snap. I am not going anywhere. I already told the wife, staying home. I am watching the entire game. Same. <laughs> I was almost thinking about going to it because it is only five hours away, but I'm like, no, it's not worth it. Just stay the hell home, save money, and just watch it on TV. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we're going to leave it there. We want to thank everyone for listening to Panthers on Tap podcast. You can catch all of our episodes every Thursday, wherever you get your podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap for all your analysis and breaking news. And as always, 